Hey beautiful teachers, I'm Nicola Canton from Vibrant Music Teaching. Welcome to the show that's about you. This podcast gives you a sneak peek into the lives and businesses of private music studio teachers so that you can share in their successes, learn from their mistakes and feel part of a global community that's dedicated to sharing music with others. Today, we're visiting with Heidi van der Meersch in Belgium. Heidi has been teaching for a long time, but had to make some big pivots a few years ago when the curriculum and structure changed. I found it fascinating to learn about a music education system that's so different from the Irish one, and yet still has echoes of the same conundrums we face here. I'm sure you'll find it interesting too, so let's listen in. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for asking me to be here. All right. To get to know you a little bit better, we like to play a game to kick off the interview. So can you tell me two lies and one true thing about yourself, Heidi? Okay. So this question I prepared, so I'm going to cheat. So my first answer is um, I hate bananas. I did tap dancing. When I was a kid and I really enjoy walking our dog before I start teaching because that's really relaxing. Okay. So which one is true? Does she hate bananas? I, no, I don't think you hate bananas. I think you like walking your dog before you start teaching. No, nope. so, I hate bananas. Oh yeah. I hate bananas. Who is that don't one? have a dog, so. <laughs> oh yeah. For some reason I thought you did. I was like, oh, yeah, well, she has a dog. No, I love dogs, but no. We've got allergies in the house and uh, no dogs, unfortunately. So no dogs and no bananas. Are you the? No. Is that unanimous in the house as well that no one likes no, bananas? No. Oh no, I'm the only one who doesn't like bananas. I never liked them, not even as a kid. I, I really no, no bananas. Yeah, I have a word. And they're, if they're hidden in well. a dish, I will manage. But uh, no, so I'm not a fussy eater, not at all. But no bananas. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I love them, but bananas are a whole other category. So I feel like it makes sense. You're just like, oh, I don't get this texture. (laughs) Yes, I think it's a texture thing. Uh, But the taste also, it's not really, no. But I can eat it. I mean, if it's in a dish and I'm going somewhere, I will eat it. It's not that I I can't eat it, but it's something. But it's not really. No, 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 no. Okay, well, that's a little bit about you, which is great to hear. Can you tell us a bit about your teaching? And let's imagine that there's a billboard in your town. You've been given free billboard space and it's going to say your studio's info on it. So you don't have to take care of that. But they want you just to pick three words to describe your studio, three adjectives to describe your teaching. What would you put there? Okay, so that's a bit of a... A strange question because I don't own a studio because I teach in a music academy. So I went ahead and asked some of my students how they would describe me. And I asked uh, a group of nine-year-olds and uh, they were like, oh, oh, but you're very nice and you're also funny. And then, and then they were like, yeah, but you're a little bit strict too. Okay. And you have a lot of patience. So that was really the, the main, the patience thing always comes back with students. So I seem to have a lot of patience. 
Okay, so strict but funny and always yeah. patient. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. Yeah, I, I don't think I have lost my temper. Maybe maybe a couple of times, but in the last thirty years, probably not more than five times. Mm. So probably not even five times. So I am I am actually very patient with my students. Yeah. Not so much with my own kids, but it's different my... when we're in teaching yeah. mode, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it really is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's great. That's a great description. I love that you asked your students. So let's take it back then. What was your musical upbringing like? When did you start lessons? What were the lessons like? Yeah. Well, I always heard the story that my mom used to play the cello when she was little and she wanted to to study cello but she couldn't do it uh it was not the times to do that and uh and so that was always in the back of 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 our family that was always something that was hanging there so it was very obvious that we were going to music school um so and i have always said i wanted to learn the piano well, according to my mom. So I, I went to music school when I was nine. Uh, we first, here in Belgium, we first had one year of uh, just solfege classes. And then the second year we could start our instrument. And um, so I started at age 10 and uh, I really liked it. And I was not a great student, I think. Um, was not, I, I played, but not much. Um, I still remember something when I was, when I was younger, that, that my teacher, she was a very, very lovely lady. I mean, she, she also had a lot of patience with me, so I probably picked it up from her. Um, but she was trained in a very classical way, um, you know, playing hands separate first, then playing hands together with the metronome and always going up in, in tempo and I didn't really like that. So uh, I was the kind of kid that wanted to try it hands together immediately. And then I came to lessons and it was like, no, no, you had to do it right hand, left hand. Of course, I couldn't because I probably just fooled around a little bit. And then I came home and was like, okay, if I can't practice hands together, won't practice that much. So I was not the best student when I was... uh, little that I love music. There was always music around the house. So, uh, I loved being in the lessons, uh, when I was a kid, um, I, I remember going twice a week in the beginning and, uh, was in a small auditorium like classroom. And, uh, I was always sitting there for a couple of hours waiting until it was my turn to play. And, uh, and oh, and I loved it when I, I always stayed when the bigger ones came, came after me because then I could turn pages for them. And I was like, oh, I love that, turning pages. So, but yeah, music was always in the house uh, at our place. Um, we listened to music, not, not always classical or whatever. The radio was always on. So um, there was always music around. So it was like very normal that we were going to music school and we were not allowed to stop so and we knew that so we just went on okay that's fascinating and thank you for giving us the the insight into your own practicing because i wasn't a great practicer to start out with either so 
it's nice to put out there that that's not that uncommon among teachers <laughs> as well as our students. Mm. But can you uh, explain a little bit more about the, I know people will be curious about the system in Belgium where you're starting with solfege at age nine and well, everyone does it that? Actually, it was like that until a couple of years ago. Um, so maybe I'd better explain the system now. Well, before we had solfege and, um, and then they started instrument lessons. So in the instrument lesson, piano lessons, we were supposed to teach them, well, technique and repertoire. That was a little bit of, little bit of music history, but and, and musical form, because that comes along when you're teaching pieces, but all the other stuff like reading rhythm was all done in solfege classes or when you became a little bit older in uh, music history classes or in chamber music classes. So we were not supposed to do, um, ensemble. Uh, well, we could, but that were different, different lessons. So in piano lessons, we were just teaching piano, mm -hmm. fingerings, dynamics, uh, technique, repertoire, and that was it. So a couple of years ago, they changed the curriculum. So we're, um, I'm actually, uh, paid by the government, by the Flemish government. Um, so, and we, we belong to the education department now. Uh, we were always there a little bit, but since a couple of years, we are really in, in education. So we have lesson plans, etc. Um, and all of a sudden, all the lesson plans and the curricula changed. So now we are supposed to uh, do improvisation, uh, be creative with the students, uh, do all kinds of stuff. And, um, they, they still have solfege classes, but the hours are a lot less than they were before. Uh, children now have one hour of solfege, one hour of, um, we call it groepsmusicieren. So that's ensemble playing, but that's then like with three guitars, two horns, uh, five pianists, um, from lit. So, and they start at age eight and they start piano lessons immediately. So for us, that was a big shift. We all of a sudden had eight year olds coming in who couldn't read notes, um, who had no clue about rhythm. Well, some do, of course, but so it was really, okay, what are we going to do with, with those students? And, and we need to improvise and learn them chords. And of course I learned the basic harmony. When I was studying myself, like the one, four, five, one, four, five, six, et cetera. The, so the, I don't know how you call it in English, the tonal system, the, the chord system, but not the, not the C and the C minor and the AM and all the letter names. We didn't, we didn't learn those in chords. Okay. So, so, but this all comes now in piano lessons. It's still also in other lessons, but because they have less solfege and, uh, well, they don't know how to read their notes as well. They have more problems with rhythm since they are a bit younger. We get uh, physical problems that we were not used to seeing because eight is the age that they sometimes are still are not good in left, right. Uh, so stuff like that. So it was really strange. In the beginning mm -hmm. so and and also um the system before we had three to four students in one hour and now for the beginners i have to say it's not in all schools like that but in our school we have six students in one hour so they come one hour a week six students for piano lessons together so mm -hmm. that is a bit heavy in the beginning it still is because it's it's chaotic 
So I really need to structure my lesson. I need to come up with stuff they can do together. I have to say I'm fortunate because in, in my classroom in school, I have one grand piano and five digi digital pianos. So I can use those in lessons and then, um, but yes, everything changed. So the system changed completely in Belgium. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a lot for you to deal with. Um, and I think really interesting. Thank you for explaining it for others to hear because to many of us in many countries, aid is like a reasonably old start. I mean, we're starting preschoolers a lot of the time. So for you to, you know, coming from that perspective, I see if you're dealing with 10 year olds and suddenly they're coming in at eight, that's such a different ball game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think many teachers listening also will have been quite jealous of the dedicated selfish and ensemble classes that you're describing. And then you got to the yep. fact that you have six in one class. So it's, it's a different thing. It's not like they have yep. that and then they have a solo lesson. It's all groups. So yeah. No, no. So it's group, but as you know, little ones after three weeks, they are not at the same level anymore. I yeah. mean, there are, who can read do to sol, who can do rhythms, who can, if you play something, they just play it. And then there are the other ones who don't have a clue. After three, so they're all together in one group, and you need to to try and find a balance. Um, I have to say, it's only the first year that there are six. Um, from the second year on, we try to put them in groups of maximum four. So mm -hmm. that's still a lot, but it it stays that way. Um, four and then three until they're like, and then if they go to the fourth grade, that's the last three years. In, I don't know, is high school you call it? Yeah, yeah 50 most people. Eighteen. Yeah. So then the last, that's the fourth grade, then they, we can uh, teach two students in an hour. And then they only have one extra hour of, of ensemble playing. So, uh, so I would love it if it was the other way around, if I would have more time with the beginners, mm -hmm. because then you can get them faster to, to where they have to go. Um, and when they're older, they're more, they can learn more independently. So. Yeah. Well, you need the time because the pieces are longer then, but actually I, I could use the time with the littlies. So yeah, but that, yeah, that's the way it is. So we need to work around you have it. To work within the system. Find, yeah. Yeah. Try yeah. to find a way, but it's, it's nice. It's a, uh, it was really, it was challenging, but it's, it's also fun because it, it really, well, it, it woke us up as teachers. I mean, I was trained in a classic way. I'm not saying I was teaching like my teacher used to with hands separate and hands together and, and metronome and, but there wasn't so, so much of a difference. So mm -hmm. we're very classically, yeah, I'm just teaching piano. I mean, technique and, and yeah, that's it. So now all the other stuff comes, comes around and I wasn't trained. I mean, I learned how to play letter chords like three years ago or four years ago. So. Yeah, I'm still, I'm learning along with my students now, so. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's the best way to be. Yeah. But is there anything, it sounds like there's a few things. What in mm. particular would you wish that you had encountered earlier, that you had learned as a student? Do you wish you improvised with your teacher? Do you wish you just stopped making you pray that separate? It sounds like it. Or... No, no. No, I understand else. where she's coming from. I mean, being a teacher myself, I, I, I completely understand her. I mean, I was probably, 
when why was I supposed to to practice hands separate, separately because I couldn't do it hands together, probably. So, um, but I was also the student. She rang my mom then six weeks before an exam, and she said she really needs to practice now. And then I just raced off and and got high grades and just managed to do it. So it must have been very frustrating for her. But I wish looking, I didn't miss anything when I was growing up. It wasn't that I was like, oh, I wish I could learn this or that. Not really. But in, in hindsight, I would have loved to learn how to improvise or to learn some chords, um, simple, basic stuff like lead sheets, uh, things like that. I, I, I suppose they were around 40 years ago too. So um, I would have, in hindsight, I would have loved to have, to have had that too. Yeah, because now I'm, I'm yeah, just trying it out on my own and there's not much structure. You pick something up there and you pick something up there and you just go, go about it and you learn. But it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not as easy as if you learn it as a kid, I think. Yeah, well, it's great that there's a movement towards that anyway in your system. Yeah, 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 that's very, that's very good. Yeah, we also... Well, not in, in our academy, maybe there's some others, but we don't uh, give points anymore after exams. We don't do that. We just evaluate, we give them feedback, um, and that's it. No points, no grading. So we don't do that anymore. So that's also, that was also a shift for us because, yeah. I mean, we had an exam and we said, okay, you have 73 and everyone knew what that meant. But now we have to say why we would give 73 and um, we don't, without saying the numbers, so we have to say what they're good at, what they're not so good at. And we have also shifted more towards um, not comparing students with one another, but comparing them with themselves. Just to see where, where are they coming from, where are they going to, and I think that's a positive evolution. Really yeah. positive, yeah. Yeah, it was hard for us because all of a sudden, instead of marking 84, you have to write complete evaluation. Right. So in the beginning, it was really uh, looking for words and, but yeah, you get used to that. And uh, just transcribing the feedback you give in lessons. Um, it's not that we're actually doing something different, but we did that in lessons, but now we have to write it down. So yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a lot of work, but that's okay. So. So tell me about your start with teaching then. When did you first start teaching? Was the pathway quite linear and you knew that's where you were going or um, like any twist and since, since I was 11, I always said I was going to be a piano teacher. I'd never said I was going to be a pianist, but I always said I was going to be a piano teacher. So that's what I became. Mm -hmm. uh, but I started teaching early on when I was studying. So at age 19, I started studying in a, in a local music school. So not um, a government regulated music school, but we have an, another smaller system. And, um, and I was like the responsible person there. So no one was watching me. So I could just go about stuff the way I wanted to. So I learned a lot there. Yeah. I was just, uh, I also learned that I'm not good at teaching in groups. So groups of, of like more than eight people was a no-go. I, I, I did it, but it's really not for me. So class, classroom teaching is not really my thing, but I love the one-on-one -on -one. and uh, the little groups is also something I love to do. So, uh, 
yeah, and I started then and I never stopped. So, yeah. Wow. Amazing yeah. that you knew that's what you wanted at age 11. <laughs> that's incredible. Probably also with a lack of something else, <laughs> knowing what to, I also just enrolled in, in, in a well, conservatory. I went to the Lemons Institute, it's a re renovated uh, institution here in Belgium next to the conservatories. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just enrolled. I just decided one day I was going to do that. I did the entrance exam. And I got accepted and two days later I was there and I just, just did it. I actually never really thought about it very much. Even the entrance exam, that's also fine. Maybe I could have taken that one as a, a true or false question. I, I didn't prepare for my entrance exam. I was holding off. I didn't know what to do. I was 16. I was like, oh, I don't want to quit my friends here. And then I have to go to Lusion. I'm not sure if I want to. And my mom was like, well, go and you will see. And oh, who knows? I got accepted. So yeah, and I just did it. I just and I never regretted. I never, I never regretted it. I never looked back. So it was a good decision. Mm. Seems like it after yeah. all this career. Yeah. But could you tell me about a time, Heidi, that a student changed something about the way you teach? Yeah. And in the first years, I was teaching in the, in the official network, I was like three or four years and maybe, maybe not even that much. I had a student come in, uh, the sister of two girls I was already teaching and she started with playing the clarinet, but she had, um, a deformation on her hands and her, and her feet and she couldn't grasp the, the, she couldn't close the, the holes for the clarinet. So the teacher said, it won't go. And then the mom came to me and she said, would you, would you try and teach her piano? But her hands were like, I don't know, like this. I was like, okay, let's give it a go. And, um, and I learned so much. I mean, I learned to put aside whatever I thought they had to know at the end of one year, I just went with her and, um, I think she was with me for three or four years. And, um, and she played such a, at the end of a grade, they always had an exam and she played such a beautiful exam. She played, not, she didn't play legato. She couldn't manage, but she had a way of, of making the musical line and, and singing at the piano that it worked. And that's when I decided that I was always going to follow the students, take their lead and not follow what well, I followed the lesson plan, but not strict. I just follow the student. If I think they need whatever, I just go. I, I, I have a very strong intuition for what they need. And if I follow a lesson plan, I lose that intuition and I make mistakes. And if I follow my intuition, I don't think I have ever made big mistakes anyhow. So, hmm. uh, but she was really, that was really an eye opener. And it also taught me that you can learn anyone. If they really want, we can learn anyone to play the piano. So she couldn't use the pedal because yeah, well, she couldn't. And, um, yeah, but she, she made music. It was so, I mean, I, her mom was in tears after that exam. She said, I never thought I would see my daughter doing something like this. And, uh, yeah, it was a, that was a life lesson actually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just follow the student, and, uh, that doesn't mean they can, they can get away with anything, but, um, 
just follow follow them in their needs. If if they can't manage playing legato, then well, we don't play legato for three months. Because Even if the curriculum yeah. says they have to play legato or they have to play scales in this and this year, if they can't manage to play even legato with five fingers, I don't don't start with scales. <laughs> don't start I mean, no. And uh, and and the, if the system wants to to stop them, well, then it has to. But I won't, I won't make them do things that they are not ready for. So, yeah, or that are not in their best interest. Yep. Sounds like that was a beautiful experience and a great yep. it's yours to follow your intuition. Yeah. Is there anything that you look back on that you feel was a mistake in your teaching? Well, no, not really, because I have always always kind of followed my intuition in regarding to teaching all also in, in, um, like with the new curriculum I have, well, that's how I ended up in DMT. I was just looking online to find stuff. What can I do with the children? What can help me? Um, I'm, I'm always trying to be, to be ahead of the game or, or whatever, or, or just follow. And, and maybe one mistake is, is I would not let parents get to me anymore because I have had maybe a couple of parents in the last 30 years who went to the headmaster to complain about something and I could be really, I really was physically, physically sick. Even if I knew I didn't do anything mm -hmm. wrong and um, I have learned how to deal with that. I still, I still feel, well, my stomach will still crunch if I, if I get a remark or something, but, um, but it, it almost never happens anymore. So, um, you know, but the biggest mistake here yeah, is, 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 is letting parents get to me. Hmm. Worrying uh, about the feedback. Yeah. 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 But the feedback, it's if, if they complain about something that isn't even true, it's in their yes. perception. And if they don't come to me first, I hate it when they go over my head, they haven't discussed something and they whoop an email to the headmaster and mm. I mean, it's stupid. Just talk to me. I'm not, uh, I'm just, I'm human. I'm very willing to listen and to accommodate everyone. So yeah, uh, that's my biggest mistake. Mm -hmm. so. If you could turn back time then and talk to you when you were first starting teaching, what would yeah. you say to yourself? Uh, I would say go with your instincts because now I know that they are okay, but I didn't know that when I was starting, I was just trying to figure it out. I was taking a method book and, and just following it. And even if I knew something, I was going too fast or I was just like, okay, this is the next lesson. So I need to do this. And I would tell my young self to just let go of of lesson plans and whatever and just follow your instincts yeah 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 that's great advice is yeah. there anything you think people outside of our industry maybe people you meet at dinner parties or a random place huh? misunderstand about what it is that we do oh yeah well yeah the, the occasionally question like oh okay you teach piano and what do you do as a job okay so really even in a system where it's so you know, yeah. academy based and it, you still yeah. get that? Nope. Well, yeah, yeah, we still get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still now less in the last years, less, um, mm. but yeah, 
you know, it came up. And, and then after that, it's like, oh, okay. And then you say, yeah, well, I went to school five years to get my degree and, oh, okay. And then, okay, you get some more respect. And then there, and then the other misconception is it's, it's just pushing some keys in, just pushing some buttons and you get the sound and, oh, it's easy. And uh, yeah, that's the misconception here. About if, only, if only it <laughs> yeah. were like typing the right keys yeah. on the keyboard to unlock the code. If you could do right? it like this. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, that would be, that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. But then none of us would have a job. So that would no, be a problem. No, so, yeah. That's it. <laughs> if it was only pushing the keys. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Not, so, not that simple. No. So my final question, I want you to imagine a teacher out there who's listening to this. And they're in their own little bubble. They're not working in a music school. It's just them at home and they're questioning everything about what they do, how they teach or what qualifications they have or how they do business or how they deal with parents. What would you say to that teacher? Um, Well, I would, I would tell them to keep studying, keep looking for new material for reading about uh, piano pedagogy, whatever you can find, whatever you can get your hands on, just, just read about it. If you're feeling insecure, um, maybe, well, I, I have colleagues in school, piano, colleague piano teachers, so we can, we can discuss stuff with each other. Um, but I would, if I would have a studio, I might try and find other piano teachers in the area and, and talk to them, see how they do, but also don't lose yourself. Just stay yourself, be yourself, um, uh, be honest. Also in communicating with, with parents, just be honest. Um, don't, if, if something isn't going well, just name it. Um, you don't have to put judgment around it, but if, if little Joe isn't, uh, isn't studying, you just say, well, I feel like he's not practicing enough. Is there a way we can manage that without putting guilt on someone or whatever? Just, just be yourself, follow your intuition and keep, keep studying. Just keep learning. That's what I would say. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us for this interview, Heidi. This was so interesting. (laughs) Thank you, Nicola. Thanks for listening. Do you love this show? Then please share your favorite episode with a teacher friend who you think might enjoy it and benefit from it. If you resonated with today's story, then the Vibrant Music Teaching membership is probably a good fit for you too. Find out more at vibrantmusicteaching.com.